Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loaded. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod, brought to you by General Andrews and Liberty Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. We are also joined by our special guest, Andy Field. This is episode 8 of season 4. Make your own path. <laughs> hey, Flippity Flam! What's going on, my man? General Andrews, my dude, it's going well. How are you? I'm doing excellent, like super excellent, because once again, we are bestowed upon us a special guest. And this special guest is Andy freaking Field. How are you doing, Andy? I'm great. It's good to hear from you guys. How is everyone? I'm do I'm doing awesome. Um, I'm really I'm always excited to talk to individuals of the industry, as I like to term it, uh, because of the insight that normally isn't bestowed upon anyone when just consuming their performances. Right? You you, you consume a performance just as it is. If that's in an animated world, if that's from a commercial, maybe you didn't realize that was that person because you're like, oh, they did that commercial. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Of that nature, so I'm really happy to have you here. Awesome, I'm glad to be here. So when you started your entire path to this whole thing here, I mean, you you are now a, a full time voice actor. Is that correct to say? I am yeah, I've, I've been full time since 2017. All right, 2017. Now you did not directly go to school for this. You did not even actually consider this as your first thing to do once you had graduated high school and the like. Is that correct? No, 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 not at all. In fact, pro- well, I graduated high school a long time ago, so the internet <laughs> was the internet wasn't a thing, and so I think, like a lot of people, the idea of being a voiceover artist—I think that was the word we used back then—sounded pretty cool. Like that would have been a, a cool thing to do, but back then you couldn't just go to Google and say, "How do I become one of these things?" Right? It was right. You no, know, like I wanted to be a stunt man when I was in sixth grade. Well, if there was <laughs> nothing in the middle school library about how to be a stunt man, you just didn't know about. That's okay. Right? <laughs> if it wasn't in the card catalog, you know, then, yeah. then, so, you know, that, that was just, you know, you're kind of limited unless your parents or some other adult says, hey, well, let's help you explore this idea. You know, if your parents are working and they're busy, you know, they're not like, they're kind of like, look, I don't have time to help my child explore some sort of exotic profession. We're not, we're certainly not driving from Louisiana to Los Angeles to figure this thing out. <laughs> right, right. Not to mention, we don't really want to go to Los Angeles. So it's, uh, you know, this is not even a place that was ever on our list of places we wanted to see. So yeah, it was, it was many years later and I was a teacher and then kind of the idea of doing it as a side hustle, maybe just for local radio or something. I was like, yeah, I'd like to make a little extra money you know, so I could afford to be a teacher. I mean, you know, just had no idea that it would explode into a thing where teaching was getting in the way of my voiceover and I needed to quit that. And that, is, awesome. that in itself is exciting is that you took something that was a side hustle so we're like, hey, I want some extra cash as much as I'm enjoying the fact that I'm, you know, making a difference in young people's lives by teaching them. It also, we know it doesn't pay a lot, right? That, that's no, fair to it say, you know? It doesn't, and you, you don't even know that it doesn't when that's all you've ever known, you know? And then it's all of a sudden you're like, wow, there are people out there making more money than this and not working any harder. It's interesting. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly you get kind right. of bitter. You're like, right. why? Oh, God. I can't believe they were doing that to me. 
<laughs> so then you had the side hustle that became actually so big and fortuitous for yourself that bam, that is now your main gig. However, I know you because you still have the teacher in you because you also teach a business of voiceover class. So yeah. do you find it hard to get away from being a teacher? Yeah, I do. And man, I get on Twitter and I just want to educate everybody. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I realize, I mean, I, I don't have time for deep conversations, but I get into them all the time accidentally and I don't want to. But then I'm finding ways here in the community to, to figure out, you know, where I can work with young people and teach people things. And the, the online classes are fun and mentoring people is fun and all of that. And I still have my own kids. Right, right. <laughs> that, and as they age, they bring other young people into our lives. Like I've got three daughters and now I have a son in law a future son-in-law so those young men always need guidance as well and so it's fun to to do it i do miss teaching though i miss you know the, the kids i taught middle school and middle schoolers okay. are some people hate that age group and i think they're the best in the world they're they're so interesting and fun and they're trying to figure out who they're going to be in the world they don't even know that they're trying to figure that out so okay it's, it's, it's just fun to watch them and, and, and find joy in something. They're, they're fun people. And, and you know, it's, it's a hard time in life. Middle school is hard for a lot of us. Yes. I was going to say, oh, yeah. I remember my experience was definitely yeah. one of, like, I would, wouldn't mind forgetting about middle school out of all the, you know, classifications <laughs> of school that I was yeah. saying. Yeah. Middle, school, middle school and most of high school for me. And, yeah. and I'll say this to all the young listeners out there. If you're having a hard time in middle school and high school and you look over at somebody who's not, they're at the top of the world chances are good they're peaking there yeah and uh it's, it's all downhill from there for them trust me when you're when yes. you're 30 or when did i go to my 10-year high school reunion when you're 27 or 28 uh, and i walked in there and i was like wow i'm really doing well compared to most of this room and, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and i was not a voice actor i wasn't making a lot of money i just was looking at people thinking god we're still drunk it's been 10 years man it's uh it's, <laughs> Uh, it's time to be a grown-up, you know, and then I didn't even go to the 20 or 30 year reunions I can see them all on Facebook and I can see that I don't want to go. So right. <laughs> You got I'm a friend. big enough dose <laughs> Yeah, I'm friends with whoever I, I want to be friends with now thanks to social media And so these high school reunions are just like really <laughs> I feel that's also actually a, a quick side note here is that social media killed the high school reunion I think it did to some degree. Mm -hmm. I mean people still like meeting in person mm -hmm. and going, of course going back home I live back home now i just went back home and so now i'm really not interested you know and you know there's some people i'd like to see yeah and then there's yeah. some people that i'm like maybe if you gave me a heartfelt apology from 30 years ago i'd consider being your friend now but it might not be happening anytime soon now when you finally got i i assume now maybe to you this is not your biggest accomplishment in the voice acting world but at least it feels like when people know your name it's definitely from your work in Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely not my biggest accomplishment, but it's my most famous accomplishment. Yes. Okay, that's okay, cool. That's what I was yeah. thinking from what I had learned, you know, from the stuff that you had shared before in class. I was like, I feel like that's how it is, but I want to double check. Now, when that happened for becoming like hand unit and things of that nature in Five Nights at Freddy's, were you still teaching or was that just after? I was still teaching and that was that was the <sighs> cool part of it. Uh, so I was teaching middle school when I booked a role in Five Nights at Freddy's. Wow. And it was, uh, I had never heard of it, right? And right. Uh, so this would be the spring of 16. And so I'm sitting in class and it's one of those slow days where everybody's got like an assignment, but I'm not really involved in it. And it was only, there was only like eight kids in that class. So I was at my desk.
desk and I was checking my personal email and I saw the email that said, hey, you get you got this job. You booked a job. And I was, they knew I was a voice actor. You know, they'd seen a couple of commercials and, and e-learnings and corporate narrations. And they were like, OK, that's cool. They thought that was neat. And I said, hey, I just got a voiceover job. And they're like, oh, cool. I was like, oh, it's a video game. And they were like, oh, that's even cooler. And I was like, do you guys want to hear some of the script? And so I opened up the script and I started reading it. What I didn't know at the time was that most of the Five Nights at Freddy's voice actors in Sister Location, and this was the first Five Nights at Freddy's game. This was the fifth Five Nights at Freddy's game, the first one with any significant voice acting in it. Uh -huh. uh, the, the creator of the game, Scott Cawthon, had been the voice of Phone Guy in the previous games. Uh, and so he really had not really ever he hired some for FNAF World which was a flop game that ended up he ended up taking offline but most of the voice actors in this game didn't really even know it was a Five Nights at Freddy's game if they had even oh. heard of it before like Kellen Goff didn't even know that his character's name was Funtime Freddy oh, wow. uh, how interesting but see now I knew my character's name because he says it in the first night of the game and then so I start reading my students these lines from the game and it's like uh, due to the unfortunate closing of Fazbear Pizza one of the kids is head shot up he was like that's a five nights at freddy's game and i was like i don't know what that means but I know, what? Enough to, I know enough to not read another line of this thing and so i emailed <laughs> i emailed scott right away and i said hey i just want to let you know that i teach middle school and i just read a couple of these lines uh, to the kids and one of the kids said that's a five nights at freddy's game and i just i know enough to know i better not know what what are my rules here and he said well you can tell people that you're in the upcoming five nights at freddy's game and that's it you can't tell them what part you have or any of your lines or anything and I said, okay, fair enough. And so that was spring of 16. So then I recorded all the lines and then the game still wasn't out when fall of 16, when my new eighth graders showed up. Mm. Uh, so I'm like, welcome to school. I'm Mr. Field. This is our class. These are our rules. Now, you know, some of you already know because you're big brothers and sisters or whatever, but I'm a voice actor. I do some things. Here's a commercial I did, blah, 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 blah. And hopefully sometime this semester, will hear me in the new Five Nights at Freddy's game. I've learned now that different towns, that's a bigger deal in some towns than it is in others. It just ah. depends on if your school went nuts. And so there was like a couple of kids in each class, you know, the nerds. Yeah, that, yes. that were oh, like, oh, wow. There was this one kid who had just moved in from Atlanta, and she freaked out. She was like, every one of my friends back home is nuts about this. I'm, She's like, I'm like freaking out. I mean, it was it was really hilarious. And then I was at a Comic-Con in Atlanta a few years later and got to meet one of her friends. And she's like, hey, do you know Emma? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're one of Emma's friends. And so that was pretty cool to kind of have a cross-country connection there but so yeah i was still teaching and then uh that was 16 and i quit in april of 17 may of 17 so it wasn't much longer after that and i financially five nights at freddy's didn't send me over the edge that wasn't <laughs> that right, wasn't right. what allowed me to quit teaching but i already was for the previous two school years i had been saying this is my last year teaching and so that year was my last year teaching very uh, cool and i made it out but it was a it was a Difficult escape. <laughs> when you decide that you knew like this was your last year, is that because of the amount of work that you were receiving or the amount of work that you yourself were just making sure to be involved in? Because I think a lot of people assume becoming a voice actor, especially if you land something that's a famous 
role like being in a five nights at freddy's game that now you're made you're going to be getting calls at the wazoo is that really how it happened yeah i get a lot of requests at the wazoo but it's all from kids making fnaf fan fiction and they just <sighs> and it's all they just want it free right it's like okay well, of course and, and even if they had a budget i can't i can't voice a five nights at freddy's voice you know for something that's not five nights at freddy's right right yes you know, that would so but uh so for the previous couple of years, I'd been slowly making more and more money with voiceover. I tell people, you know, my first year in voiceover, I think I made $13,000. $7,000 of that was in one fluke, huge commercial. And so I really made $5,000 that first year. And then, you know, I maybe doubled that the next year. And then I maybe didn't quite double it the next year, but it was increasing. And then I was associating online successful voice actors. And that's one of the things you should do with anybody, anything profession is hang out with people who are successful you become who you hang out with you hang out with criminals you become a criminal you hang out with millionaires you're going to become a millionaire i could tell you know that they had molded my attitude to one that said i'm going to keep making more and more and more money and sooner or later this is going to be my main job for the previous couple of years i thought i'm going to quit teaching even though i wasn't making enough in voiceover to justify that okay mm -hmm. okay and so so by that year a voiceover work was close to my teaching salary and so i thought if i could just free up 40 hours a week to focus on this to market myself to email out to people and do the things that i'm supposed to do do all the auditions on the pay to play websites because i was on right. those back then and do them fast i think i could do it now and it, that didn't happen right away you know, so when I quit teaching, I just lost that income. So that was <laughs> yes, a difficult yes. year, but I had to do it to free to free up the income to, to do the voiceover, which did get bigger pretty quickly once I was putting 40 hours a week into it. Yeah, that makes absolute sense because there was a certain point when I was balancing uh, personal training full-time and uh, trying to become a full-time streamer and internet mm -hmm. personality. And I realized the huge shift at one point where I'm like taking a few less clients, but I'm putting more time into my craft, a few less clients to find I was like, I have to just, I have to cut this off. I have to end it here so I can have the full really the brain wherewithal to take on all the different aspects. It sounds like you did had to deal with in this, uh, the same way in a different field. Yeah. yeah, I wish I could have trickled out. I wish I could have said, you know, I'd like to teach only three periods a day. Yeah, right, right. And maybe two. And then maybe, no, it was, there wasn't any of that. And, and the, another big motivator was that my boss, uh, I got a new boss somewhere in those three years that I decided I needed to be done. And she was, she was pretty awful. I mean, it, she wasn't the most awful thing ever, but I just didn't like working for her. And, I don't think she really liked me either. I'm kind of a strong personality. That's true. And, and, you know, and so I it just got to the point where we needed to not. So it was it was a pleasure to go in there and fire her. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're my Good boss. way to look at it. Yeah. And I fired my boss yeah. and said, from the position of my boss. Yeah. And, you know, education is just such a, a, a weird field anyway. And it's teachers have to balance why they got into teaching in the first place with what their school district wants them to do, which are two different things, right? Right. You, you got into teaching to impact children because you love kids and you want to change the world. Your school district just wants you to get good test scores. And that those test scores don't necessarily measure whether you've impacted children in a positive way. Right. And, so, and what they want you to do is demand it. And they're the ones that pay you and they're the ones that keep you employed. And if you don't keep them happy, then they make your life even more miserable. So mm -hmm. the challenge is finding ways to still impact the kids 
even though you're not teaching them much. <laughs> How interesting yeah. that what, what what a terrible conundrum to deal with where it's just it like is. you're being torn one way versus like this is my altruistic want right here is hey, we're having a good time. Yeah, maybe today was a little bit silly, but I could tell you absorbed all the information because we took it lighthearted versus where you have to start smashing the hammer down like no, you got to understand this to get the certain test score so that the school gets the money or whatever bonuses they get from kids testing very well. Yeah, and I, I, there may be that same conundrum over in acting. Like I know a guy that's a really good actor, like school trained, master's degree and all this stuff. And he's gotten really well known for this one silly video game voice. And that's all he seems to do in voiceover is that one silly video game voice. And it's there's not a lot of acting in it. It's really just this silly. And I'm just like, this poor guy, he just wants to be an actor. You know, he right. really just wants to be part of this art, this craft. And instead he's, he's stuck, you know. Making he's relegated to a typecast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. Now he makes a lot of money at the comic cons, which is good. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel sorry for him, but he's in that same conundrum of what he got into it for versus what's paying his bills, you know, and it just it kind of sucks for him. Now transitioning, does the famous side from Five Nights at Freddy's, and you talked about how you have ran into other individuals at these like Comic Cons, because that would probably be the most likely events that you'll attend. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's that's almost all I do as far as the, the famous thing. And, and mm -hmm. really, I've gotten so busy with work that I'm not even seeking out Comic Cons. Like this year, I haven't only scheduled for one. And, I'm you know, every now and then I'll talk to one and say, hey, you're two hours from my house. I wouldn't mind coming to your con. But there was a point where when, when I was quitting teaching that I was like, man, the Comic Cons are going to be a viable part of my income to make this happen. I was trying to get a con a month. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't get one a month, but I got, you know, 80 year. That's that was, a lot, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, somebody of my level of fame, which is not much, that's that's not a ton of income, but it's definitely a great supplement. Whereas, you know, some of these Comic-Con celebrities, these wrestlers and stuff, you know, they're, they're, they're bringing home $5,000 on a weekend. Wow. You know? so, so some of them are doing 20, 30 weekends a year you know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and not much else. And sometimes more. I'm just saying 5000 is kind of a, a low number for some of those guys. Wow. You know, William Shatner, he's going to be at El Paso Comic-Con next month. His minimum is 75000 Oh, weekend. well, there you go. He, <laughs> and, and, uh, but he, they say he earns that on Saturday, and mm. then he earns it again on Sunday. So that's the minimum. They, they'll, they'll say, we'll give you this much money if you don't sell that much. You know, if you don't sell $75,000 worth of uh, photographs and autographs and stuff and merchandise. Well, typically they say he does that really not even in the whole day on Saturday in just a few hours. Wow. Uh, which is impressive. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's Star Trek. They're, what's oh, big? yeah. It's bigger it's in the nerd world. It's a little bigger than Five Nights at Freddy's. That's fair. That's fair. Just a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you'll get fans who pay three or $400 in advance, you know, for two or three autographs and a photo. Uh, and, you know, and when, when they walk up to the table, he's got a handler. And they say, hi. And they and you you hand him your receipt and they say okay he's got three autographs and a photo bill and he comes through and he's done with you in thirty seconds <laughs> right boom 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 right? go you took your photos he shook your hand said what's your name where are you from okay nice to meet you next and that was four hundred dollars <laughs> you know so it's uh you know when you're making eight hundred dollars a minute uh, you do, you're doing all right yeah you you're not doing too bad now with right. the comic cons did you ever see it let alone as a supplemental income did you see it as an opportunity that you would be able to still affect lives uh, because obviously mm -hmm. when you're doing a voice acting oh, yeah. piece you, you're doing the acting you know what i mean you're doing what's required of the role so you don't get to be like in the middle of like hey kids out there i'm gonna make a difference in your lives you know what i mean you, you can't break from that yeah. so did you feel that the comic cons would also allow you to still have an impact yeah it, and it, they really did in fact it, it scratched my itch for hanging out with adolescents a lot you know the kids come up to your table and i'm not super famous so there's never you know when when the 
when the Power Ranger comes out for his one-hour autograph session, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a line already waiting for him, right? But yep. I'm just sitting out there all day usually. And so, you know, sometimes if somebody's talking to me, one or two people may form in a line behind them. But usually it's just onesies. In fact, a lot of times they're too shy and I make eye contact with them and call them over. <laughs> and, 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 and the kids are of all different uh, persuasions when they come up, but they, it's, they just are excited to talk to somebody from something that they really like. And so it's fun to watch watch their eyes light up and to listen to them and treat them like a human. Uh, a lot of times they'll be on the on the autistic spectrum of some okay. sort. That's that's pretty common at comic cons. And uh, and I'm, um, you know, you can spot that a mile away if you were a middle school teacher. Uh, and a lot of times a parent will come up afterwards and say, "He's autistic. He's high functioning autistic, but he really I'm so glad he was able to meet you and 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 you know, have somebody listen to him and I don't know what he's talking about about Five Nights at Freddy's. So it's so nice to have an adult talk to him about that and, and just to inspire uh -huh. him. It's the same in the in the panels. Kids come up and, and talk about mm. the game and their and their parents are like, I am so glad this guy got to sit in a room for an hour <laughs> with a room full of people that knew what he was talking about and with a, a panel full of adults at a table who were willing to listen to his questions because I don't have any idea what Five Nights at Freddy's is about. And so uh, it's always fun to do that. Sometimes I'll do a panel where instead it won't be about Five Nights at Freddy's. It'll just be about voice acting. So mm. that's a whole other crowd of people who are just interested in hanging out and getting questions answered. Because this is a tough, you know, even with the internet, it's tough to figure out how to become a voice actor. And so I, I love answering those questions and helping people along. And I've picked up a lot of students from my, from my business of voiceover yes. class. Yes. Um, you know, there would be a time where I was teaching a class and there'd be three people in the class that I met at a Comic Con four months earlier, you know, and they <laughs> okay. just gone to my panel and all signed up for the class. A lot of times I would think of a convention as a way to, you know, drum up that income too. And then what I really liked about the cons, well, not what I really liked, I liked all of it, was eventually I decided because I'm a Christian, I wanted to be able to use that for some sort of outreach. And so a lot of conventions would allow me to do what I called nerd church. Oh, uh, okay. On Sunday, we would just have church. Of course, oh. me, being, me being a nerd and then being a nerd, it was always, you know, let's talk about uh, Christian stuff, but uh, let me throw in some Star Wars analogies or some, uh, <laughs> or some, uh, or some mathematical analysis of something or a Christopher Walken impression or so, you know, just all these things. And so the, the church was always fun too. And uh, sometimes two people would come to church and sometimes 60 people would come to church, you know? Wow. And so I, I always try to finagle a... a a Christian praise and worship band locally, you know. So I, I, I brought this band in from in Chicago, and these kids were like, reminded me of Skillet, man. One of them had a mohawk, and I mean, they, they looked like looked like guys that would have had flames. And and we had and we had this. They gave me this massive auditorium that seated like two thousand people, and like twelve people showed up. And so it was this. <laughs> It's still good, but these poor kids in this band were expecting to just rock out for a for a crowd that appreciates. I mean, they they've got like a huge video on YouTube with like a million views with some anime thing. I think it's a Clash on Titan thing or Attack on Titan. Clash of the Titans is a different movie. Attack on Titan. There you go. And they're playing, and I mean, almost nobody showed up. So you never know. And then I've had other bands show up, and and I usually give that band like ten percent of whatever I made at the con. So it was good for for them sometimes. Right. Sometimes right. No, but yeah, the the cons have been fun. I, I like them. 
but I just uh, hadn't been able to squeeze any in and just hadn't really been putting forth the effort this year. So if you're listening to this and you know anybody at a convention and you want me to come, just, uh, you know, I'm available. I'll come because uh, they usually pay travel. So it's a fun trip. Oh, cool. Okay, good. I was curious about that aspect where do you feel like you're investing more yourself or are you actually breaking even or you're getting paid? So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not doing my normal shtick for work, but I'm getting paid to yeah. do this type of work. So almost always they pay travel. It just depends. And it depends mm -hmm. on what I'm willing to do. Like some convention might say, we're not paying you anything, but it's a big oh. enough convention that I know I'm going to go and, and do very well at. Uh, on the other hand, like I went to a convention in Conway, Arkansas one time, and it was really small. I just got an appearance fee for that. And they paid for my hotel and, and my mileage to get there. I think I sold three autographs that whole weekend, but it okay. was... But it was fun, and we, I got to enter. It was really one of the more fun conventions I've been to. Comic Conway. Uh, wow, how interesting. Sometimes they'll say, well, we'll pay for your travel and your hotel room, and that's it for Liberty City Anime Con. That was well worth it for that one because it was a free trip to Times Square. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay. You know, and so, uh, you know, they were like, we want you to have an autograph session at this time and this time and this time. And the rest of the time I was like, hey, baby, you want to go see Aladdin? Or, hey, let's go see the Statue of Liberty or, right. yeah, you that's know, or whatever. It. Yeah, it was really a cool, a cool gig, uh, especially because by that point I was at a, a place where I didn't need to hustle the whole weekend just to make money. And then also Liberty City, I got to go teach uh, a voiceover class with voice actors of New York City while I was there. So that was cool. I went over to a different part of town and had to conduct a, a workshop and, and that was neat to make connections there. Connections I made there have resulted in, in voiceover work that I've gotten in other places. So that's pretty cool. No, that is really cool. And I think it's actually really interesting how connected a lot of the voice actors are with one another. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing I've found through streaming and food can talk about this as well, is that it feels much more uh, almost high school like in that there feels like there's a lot of clicks when it comes to trying to meet people and try to, you know, like, yeah. like you say, be in the same room with individuals who share the same kind of passion and work ethic to become bigger than you already are. Right. Yeah. And yeah. With voice uh, actors, it seems like they want to, like, no, let, let's team up. Let's figure this out. Oh, you don't know about that? Here you go. Here's this. Go check this out. Talk to this person. And I've noticed just from the few individuals I've talked with, it keeps leading into more and more knowledge, let alone opportunities. It's really a welcoming community. There's not a lot of clicks. Because uh, once you get in it and you get kind of successful, you realize there's plenty of work for everybody. Mm. And, and not only that, but it's almost rarely, never is someone going to be your competition. Like, you can listen to your voice and my voice we're not going to get cast for the same thing right it's it's you know so it's very often that i might say oh i know just the guy for this part and it's not me or vice versa or plenty of you know there's plenty of, of girls and persons of color and old people and young people and people with the voice of god and that's the best i can do for that right <laughs> yeah, and you know but there's people out there that can blow it away without even trying you know and so we, we're all just but it seems like a rising tide lifts all boats and so I've, I've recommended friends for work and then they've recommended me for work. And I mean, I, I just learned a, a valuable lesson the other day. I've got WhatsApp on my phone, which people in oh. other countries love. Yes. But I, I don't, and I didn't have notifications turned on and I opened it up and there was a two month old message that says, hi, I'd like to hire you. You know, your voiceover friend, blah, 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 recommended me. And I was, and I had recommended her, I'd gotten her some work. And so I was like, dang, so I, I messaged, <laughs> oh, no. messaged him back. I'm like, is this still available? Well, you know, but they haven't answered me. So they're probably like, <laughs> This guy doesn't even use WhatsApp. I don't want to deal with him. Yeah, right. So they love WhatsApp in other countries because 
you don't have to pay long distance phone charges with WhatsApp. Right, right. Which I'm sure, again, for there's lots of work that is not just here in the States that yeah. is wanting those that have English voices because they want, I'm sure, dub work for their oh, yeah. projects. Yeah. In fact, I just um, voiced a video game for a company and I didn't know what country they were in back in January. Sent them just a reminder invoice in March mm -hmm. to say, hey, or every really it was late February. I was like, hey, just a reminder, you owe me a little bit of money for this. <laughs> they messaged me back the other day and they said, dear Andy, we are so sorry. I'm reading this and I'm saying this in an accent. We are so sorry. We are trying to pay you, but we cannot right now. Here is the war in Ukraine. I'm like, oh, you guys are in Ukraine. Oh, oh my goodness. And I'm like, look, don't worry about it for right now. You can pay me in a year. You can pay me in two years or whatever. I said, where are you located? And they're like, we are in Kiev in this in this other city. And, you know, and it was low enough. And I said, you know what? Just keep it. It's uh, I I could live without this, and you know what? Maybe right now, you know, I don't know if they if you could even swipe your credit card in Ukraine, or if you could buy groceries or gasoline or whatever. But I you know, I figured that small amount they could probably use more than I could, and so I was just like, you know what? Here's your invoice for zero dollars, and I market it as paid. Just hire me again if uh, <laughs> if yeah, all of this oh. works out. Oh, you know, if you still have a studio in a year or two, hire me again. But uh, so who knows? And it's all over the world you know ukraine and i'm sure i've worked for russians before and uh brazilians and and uh i got i got an uh, an audition today from somewhere in south america i don't even know where they're located i think it's colombia but and certainly all the european countries and you know i'd love to, i might need to sit down and make a list one day i have a chinese yeah. client i do regular i do regular work for one of my chinese clients and now they're, and they're hilarious do you find that there are specific countries that will look for your voice for work because you have a very specific kind of voice right it, it meets very specific parameters that does do you find that to be the case or is it just almost anywhere it really is almost anywhere and what okay. i've learned is we like british voices when we want intelligence and elegance yes and we want american voices for energy interesting um, and so you know even a british company will cast an american voice for a sports car commercial for example ah interesting but but not for jaguar not for, you know, oh, all right. not for Lexus, right? Those, you know, and, and then American companies cast the British voices for Lexus and all of that because it's elegant, right? That's right. You, know, you want Americans for your beer commercial, unless you're trying to play that beer off as snooty and, you know, Ooh. and, you know, right. A better kind of beer. That's British, right? But everyone else, <laughs> you want American beer cold-blooded american beer that you drink when you're sweaty here <laughs> no <laughs> I, I wanted to go off that but i didn't know where to go i was like oh man sweaty beer my goodness yeah yeah i'm oh, loving it you um <laughs> now if you're selling pickup trucks you want a voice of someone that sounds like you know they smell like diesel fumes gunpowder and sawdust you know just <laughs> yeah. you know you don't you don't want you don't want a british voice trying to sell a, a pickup truck <laughs> I, I I can see that point now. That makes that really paints a picture perfectly for what uh, is to be expected of those voices and those roles. Right, and then sometimes we get castings that say generic European accent, but not British. In other words, they just want you to sound like you speak English as a second language. Mm, okay, but the Got it. but not necessarily. You know, they want you to sound worldly. You know, like yes. someone you know, like someone who's who knows things about the world and isn't just limited to 
English speakers. A little bilingual, maybe, just to show mm -hmm. that you're not right. <laughs> narrow-minded and only say, go USA, go USA. Yes, but not South American, obviously. European, generic European. <laughs> you know, they've got, that, they've got images for everything. But yeah, that's... It's always interesting how they're casting. Now, one of the things when it comes to casting for those out there that are looking to become a voice actor, how did you get past the rejection? Because I'm sure you didn't automatically just get all the roles that you set out to get on first try. Oh, oh my gosh, no. Oh, no. So how does one handle that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think you just get, I think, well, the secret is it's just such a part of it that it's just, I mean, once you've been doing it a while, it's like, well, of course you got rejected. I mean, it's half the time they don't even listen to your audition anyway. You know, it's just, that's just part of it. It's a numbers game. I think for me, so my first month in voiceover, I had such terrible gear. And I was recently able to go find some of my earliest auditions and, oh, my, they, the, the technical quality was awful. The acting was awful. Probably did a couple of hundred auditions my first month and didn't book anything. And so, you know, already right there, I'm like, well, I've done, I mean, I've done 200. You yeah. know, it's I'm 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 seasoned at this. By the time you've done 200, your fingers are just kind of moving by muscle memory across the keyboard as you save files and send them. And so it was probably another couple of months before I got one, and that was zombie voices. So I still didn't have any you know validation that my acting was any good. You know, it was just <laughs> get all and all that. Your grunting was then, great though. It's right. Yeah, yeah. And then it was uh. So I started in about November of 13. I think it was around February of 14. So it was a few months. I, I booked a few little free things. Okay. Around February, I booked 17-minute e-learning narration on how to fill out IRS Form I-9. Oh, everyone paid $175. And man, I'm telling you, as a school teacher, that was a bill that paid a bill that month, right. man. That was that was huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, man, I need about one or two of these a month, and I will consider this voiceover thing a success, right? If I could just make an extra four or $500 a month, and it's obviously possible, this only took one day. Actually, it only took an hour. So if I could just keep this going and get a couple of these, and, uh, sure enough, that guy hired me twice more, about once a month for the next couple of months. I was like, all right, this this is a, this, and then I picked up a couple other little things along the way. And so that started to feel good. But I mean, I was auditioning. I was probably knocking out 20 auditions a day okay. if, if they were available. I was on wow. Voices.com. I mean, I was just doing everything I could do. And when I ran out of auditions, I was on Craigslist and all the other websites trying to find things. And I mean, I was I was hustling. And yeah, I'm trying, sounds like trying to get on rosters and reading and getting on all the Facebook groups and find it, trying to find, once I made a little bit of money, trying to find somebody who would coach me and you know find somebody who would make me a demo and and all that it was it was was it was a lot of hustle it was hard probably i probably was working an extra 60 hours a week on top of my 40 teaching right to do voiceover and and for little you know for 175 dollars a month you know, so it wasn't but it was you know it all paid off here i am now i was certainly an working in your future huh yeah and i'm certainly working less than 40 hours a week now probably should get myself up to but but like today i went and spent two hours with my wife and we drove around and had 
lunch and went to the nursery to look at plants and didn't like any of the plants and went to this other one and then bought some plants and went by her parents' house to show them the plants we bought <laughs> and then and then back to the studio. And so right after this, I'll have to, you know, do a little bit of recording. <laughs> there you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> For a couple of clients, you know, I've done a couple of things today, but not much. It's a slow day, but it's 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 been a real blessing to be able to do that, especially after teaching when you don't really own any of your time during the day. It's a right. hard, hectic day. It's like being a student, mm -hmm. you know, except except when you're a student, you can ask to go to the bathroom and they let you. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you're a teacher, right. you can't. There's four, There's 30 people there hanging on your every word, so you can't do it. Oh, goodness. And it's actually funny that you said is the, the one of the biggest things for me that felt most comforting in the pursuit of this type of career is the fact that you said most people don't even listen to your audition. And I think that right there for myself doesn't mean anybody else would resonate with this, but that was actually very impactful. It's like, oh, it's like they didn't even get to hear it to say, no, you're not good enough. They just didn't hear it. So there's no way you can get the role if they're not going to listen to it, period. And I thought that yeah. was kind of a cool thing. Or, you know, learning the aspects um, also that if like you're talking about uh, your gear wasn't that good, right? So people, those who are really good at listening for their auditions are like, nope, we can already tell that doesn't sound right. So they didn't get to hear your acting. Your right. acting could have been great, but your gear immediately let them say, oh, this doesn't sound right. Next. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, I had a class recently and it was a, a class that i really wanted and I, I waited months for it it was a class with one of the casting directors out of la and i see her auditions all the time and everybody wants a class with her and so the class was she had she played you like five or six of your auditions and then talked about why it didn't get cast then played the audition that did get the job mm. and man it was wow. so so valuable but one thing she told me in that class was I get six to 800 auditions for each. And she's booking big national commercials. You know, this isn't Joe's Dodge on the corner of Main and Second. This is Chevrolet. And this is Coors Light. And this is Walmart and, you know, whatever else. These are the big national commercials, Super Bowl commercials and all that. So she's listening to six to 800. And she says, but I usually don't listen more than a second or two. Wow. So if the script has like an interesting little turn in the first sentence or two, you know, like a maybe a rug pull moment, you know, where you start in one tone but then you have to shift to another. She says, I, I might listen as far as that. She, she said, but let's be honest. If you're not blowing me away in the first moment, it's not going to improve in the next 30 seconds of your audition, right? Wow. She says, you're not going to blow us away. It's not like your acting is going to be off and then suddenly you found your groove and it got better. It was off at the beginning. It's going to be off through the whole thing. So she says she rapidly puts them into two piles, really, of let's listen again and these can, you know, these are for later if we just can't find anything else good. And so she, she whittles that pile down pretty quick to probably about 80 uh, and then she listens to those wow and then it, and then it's and then you know she picks out a few of those and then they get an editor to clean them up and then she gets her partner to come in with a fresh ear to listen to what she's been listening to and then they they can narrow it down pretty well but that that process was was pretty interesting but what was really validating is after she coached me through a couple of reads i got an email from her yesterday or day before and it said hey i'm listening to your audition right now for such and such and i can tell you're doing exactly what i told you to do it sounds fantastic good job really Ooh. really nice hey hey, hey. And she told me if I, if, you know, I'll be listening for you now that I know you. And if, you know, if there's an audition where you just didn't hit it, I might email you back and say, hey, try it this way and send it back directly to me instead of through your agent or whatever. So I thought that was cool. But she's, you know, at that level, she's at the, at the top of the voiceover game, almost at the top. The top is, well, she's probably at the top top, which is 
she just calls an agent directly and says, hey, is Bob available? We need him to record tomorrow. There's no audition, right? It's just, you right. know, when it, those are the A-list voice actors where, you know, there's not even an audition. You didn't even know about it because they just cast the person that they wanted the get-go. And that happens on camera too, right? It's like, you know, can we get Chris Hemsworth? Well, okay, then we don't need an audition. Yes, right, yeah. Right? On the other hand, they're like, okay, auditions for Thor. And, you know, all these guys walk in and you pick Chris Hemsworth. But that brings me to something, and I never told you guys this in your class, but I ought to. No, she's at the top of the voiceover game. Voiceover, when you, when you, when you ask the question, how do you become a voice actor? Yes. There are a lot of different answers to that because it's like asking someone, how do you become a professional driver? Right? Uh -huh. and, and you think, well, there's NASCAR drivers. Right. There are long-haul truckers. Ooh. And there are Uber drivers. And they're all professional drivers, and they all do it a different way. That's right? very true. It's the same with voiceover. You got the L.A. people who are regularly booking union work two or three times a day. You know, these people are making seven figures easy you know there's there's there are seven figure voice actors in los angeles whose names you don't even know Good and thing. then you've got audiobook narrators that don't make a ton of money but they make an acceptable living and they just narrate audiobooks all day long i don't know how they do it i would never i would rather go back to teaching i think right <laughs> then you got commercial voice actors and you've got anime voice actors and you've got you know and we get there are people out there that only do radio imaging all hits all weekend long on 96.9 fm and you're like that's all they do it's the only voiceover they do. So there's so many different ways to go on this thing. Uh, but really, the way to, to at least get a decent living out of it is to do quite a few of those ways. You don't have to do them all. Do, do more than one, for sure. You know, well, I do a ton of really cool. I just got an email that I've got a commercial gig tomorrow. I'm excited. So I think that one's going to play the March Madness, the, the final, the, the, what's it called? Yeah. March yeah. Madness, very March Madness, yeah. Yeah, I think that one is. So that, that'll that be cool. Um, I can kind of excited about that one. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah right. That's uh, what I'm going to say when I see that. I'm like, I, I interviewed him. I was there. <laughs> and you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be funny because uh, I've gotten booked several times just for doing a sports announcer voice that they just kind of put in the commercial. It's not even the main voice. Like, I did this Nike commercial back during the, the World Cup a few years ago when the when the U.S. women were in the World Cup. Mm -hmm. It was just the beginning of the commercial. It's like a billion people tuning into the match, between, and that was it. That's all that made it into the commercial. And I still got paid the same as everybody else in the commercial. I thought it was crazy. Wow. So, so that's this commercial. I'm just got a, um, it's like the tagline at the end of the commercial. It's all I am is a sports announcer voice. So still, I'm pretty psyched about it because I've already done one of these commercials for them. So, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. So really cool stuff. And, uh, but, it, you know, it's taken me eight years maybe to get to where. I got two union commercials in the same month, you know, that was, so it's, it's been a, a good month. And also kind of just starting to pick up more clients. I've, I've done more marketing. I've, I've got a little more hustle going on my marketing and I'm picking up clients here and there and you know, who either say, hey, audition for this or who say, hey, we just picked you for this. The client liked your, your demo, so you're, you're hired. So, you know, there's a lot of classes on how to market for voiceover. And, the, and if you do what those classes tell you, it works, you know, as long as you're decent at voiceover. Right, um, right. That's always going to come down to the final defining role is can you actually do the voice acting? 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you get your gear right and your engineering and your sound and your recording space and your acting skills are are, are decent, uh, and mine are you know always getting better. You know, I'm, I'm taking lessons at least once a month right now, sometimes more. And um, you know, sometimes once you get on somebody's roster, sooner or later they'll hire you. And and really the big bucks, I think the thing that can kind of push any somebody to the full time edge is getting repeat customers. You know, the okay. ones, who, ones who have an ongoing project that they hire you for, or the ones who have a small business and they're like it's just we like this guy's work it's just easy to work with him let's just keep using him or we have four people and so you know they say to their clients look these are the four voiceovers we have hopefully you like one and they go yeah we like we like Andy and so you get hired a lot from a company that makes just explainer videos or makes just small town commercials or you know I got one that makes just podcast intros you know, and they've got about 12 voice actors. And if you're doing a podcast, you call them and say, I would like a podcast host. I would like this guy, Andy. And you're the person that introduces the podcast every week. So, you know, just little things like that all add up to uh, repeat business. And you get enough of those. You know, I got some clients that only contact me once a year or once every four, five or six months. But you get enough of those. I've probably got 30 of those that, you know, seems like every week one of them's emailing me and saying, hey, we got another job for you. And I just feel like I feel like we just did this yesterday because I keep getting those little outreaches. So it really does work if you do the right marketing and it's just i hate marketing i don't like doing it and so well since you hate marketing i feel this is actually a good jumping off point for having you on our show today which was so awesome of you to spend the time with us but if individuals want to find you or even maybe learn from you what have it be do you want to give us some uh a little bit of a shoutcast of yourself here for a moment uh, where they can find you andy if they want to get a hold of you uh for for work or to learn from you so that they can start getting work in the future yeah uh so if you want to hire me my website is the best place to find everything it's andyfieldvoiceover.com uh, which is pretty easy to get to but i'm also on all the social media except discord apparently if you just look for andy field voice actor on instagram facebook twitter youtube whatever you'll, you'll find tiktok you'll find me on all those on all the big ones not snapchat because i'm 50. okay uh, i'm not sure how to use it uh it, snapchat blows my mind every time but all those are, are the way to do it and if you're in, you know if you're looking for advice on how to do this career i've decided to take a break from teaching the class which is <sighs> sad if you just have you know quick career advice uh, you know an, an email is easy or, or a message on social media is easy to say hey what's your what's your advice on this but you know if you're looking for months worth of mentoring eh. <laughs> <laughs> they just missed the boat. Okay. I am not so much on that anymore. I think I'm going to build an online class, though, you know, that you can, you can, you know, you just pay a small fee for and take and, you know, go through the videos and maybe answer a few quizzes and, and then maybe have in-person support for that afterwards, you know, maybe in the form of a Facebook group or something like Ooh. that. Where everybody, you know, my friend Tim did that with his audio engineering class. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he was just so overworked and he couldn't coach enough people on audio engineering. So he created a class. And so many of my students have taken that class and have become audio geniuses that they've helped me with my audio. And I need to take and, and I need to take Tim's class. And uh, and then he's got a Facebook group where if he can't answer the question, half the people who've taken the class can't. And so it's really um, a unique thing. And so I may end up doing that, but it's just a, one of those you got to get around to it kind of things. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, like I said earlier, for your time, Andy. We do appreciate you Thank being you on our show much, Andy. and, and well, sharing I, all these really cool things. I enjoyed it. I like to talk and I like to uh, I like to visit with old friends. It was good hearing your voice again. I hadn't heard you in a few weeks. So right. Was, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was, it's always nice to to do all that. So I was I'm as happy to be here. 
Thank you so much, Andy. And thank you, Dreamers, for tuning on into this. Thank you, Flamley, as always. And bye-bye. <laughs>